Welcome back to the AHG Way podcast. We are wrapping up the seller series today. Welcome Episode back. Episode eight. Yeah. It's time to move on from, yeah. from this. But we have a few things we've got to we've got to include before we before we wrap up the seller series. So, anything exciting happening out there right now in the news in the community with our developments? We, you know, it's been a while since we've updated people on that. Mm. Before we jump into sellers, well, we're finally we're getting the all the for Fox Crossing there in Shelley. Yep. Uh, today the all the development plans are headed to the to Shelley's engineering firm. Sweet. So, Excellent. To get that reviewed, so we're there. Yeah, that's exciting. We're, we're starting to talk about, we've got some demolition to do out there. Got a this farmhouse is, that needs to come down. Yeah, farmhouse. This is not the stuff we go to take sledgehammers to, however, it's, you know, it's, yeah. it's the big stuff. Foundations but, um, and cellars and things that need All to that out. stuff, so we're, we're starting to talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be a great thing. There's, yeah. you know, we're, it's, we've had a couple people ask us in the past few weeks if, if our, if our, uh, confidence level is changing at all about that project and one of the th one of the reasons we loved that project from the very beginning was it it targeted a price point that just doesn't really even exist anymore for single family homes for new construction and so yeah. you know the and then the reason they're asking that is you know if it, rates have gone up a little bit and so um inventory has expanded a little bit mm -hmm. um but we haven't yeah. so we haven't seen a slowdown in sales no. and even well, if we did we feel like this product is there's going to be a need for this in any market well and it the fact is the rise in interest rates will have pushed some folks that were in that market out of the market yep but it's going to move other people in it that were not in true. it before true that are having to adjust to the change yeah um but we if if construction pulls back a little bit with the rising interest rates which is nationally what they say will happen mm -hmm. um that theoretically We'll, we'll have more labor available. It should allow materials cost to yeah. come back just a little bit. So it should allow us to even be um, more competitive for the target market that we have there. Yeah. So yeah, we're still we're still. And this was never there. a short-term play anyway. So we no. knew that this this project is five years minimum because Shelley has limited the number of houses we'll be able to build yeah. in a single year, which isn't a bad bad choice for them. They want to make sure that they grow wisely, mm -hmm. make sure that they can expand the infrastructure in schools and things to handle the handle the increased population. But uh, but so we know it, it can't be any sooner than five years. So we our, our goal was to create a product here and a, and fill a market that could weather any any market because who knows what five years yeah. look like. Yeah. And so but either way, we, th we think this is a pretty exciting project. So that's yeah. awesome. Um, OK, we've got a few things we want to cover. We in this final process of the series, you know, we talked about as we were getting ready for this podcast, we just talked about, do we talk about appraisals? Do we talk about inspections? We covered those heavily in the buyer series. Mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of, not a lot of difference between an, a, an inspection from a buyer side and a seller side or an appraisal, but there might be a few components. So maybe take a couple minutes because we want to also make sure we save time to talk about that last few days right before closing, the walkthrough, what to expect. Um, when when they need to be out of the house, when they can expect to deposit the money from the proceeds, that kind of thing. Yeah. But but you you felt like you had a few things you might want to share on an appraisal. So so Mike, why don't you why don't you tee us up there? So I think the appraisal the appraisal issue is really fairly similar, regardless of the side that you're on. But this when I say side you're on, whether you're buyer or seller. Yeah. But this again goes back to that lender conversation that we've had. Gosh, we had this conversation with buyers 
several times. Yeah. And we've had it on our seller series as Three well. Three weeks ago, we were talking about that <clears throat> yeah. in the seller series. That's so, the, so the this is a reminder that with lenders, lenders, the the type of lender, a mortgage broker, for example, and these are not good or bad conversations. It's just the way it is. Yeah. There are certain lenders that um, they operate through what we'll call an assignment appraisal pool. There's an independent third, there's an independent company out there that appraisers from all over the place just register with them. Okay. And then they're subject to assignments. So XYZ lender sends, says, hey, I need appraisal for this house. And that company goes through the till, they pull out a name and it's an appraiser from Boise who doesn't mm. have access to our MLS, but that's the appraiser that's assigned because this lender uses this process. And now nobody knows who the appraiser is till the appraiser finally calls for an appointment. You, there's no way to find out, you're in the dark. And then when the appraiser gets done, he actually sends it back to that service who then sends it back to the lender. So it creates a delay. Now that same lender also probably does not have in-house underwriting. Mm -hmm. So it's probably a third party underwriting company. Now they're sending it out for that and it's the same process. So it just creates extra costs, delays in timing, et cetera. And that just has to do with the nature of that lender versus the lender from an appraisal and that's where we're going to. So we have a, a good number of local lenders who have an appraisal pool, seven, eight, nine appraisers that that lender has accepted. Mm -hmm. And the appraisals have to cycle through those appraisers, but those lenders know that if one of those appraisers has a value that does not come in, it probably couldn't come in. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm representing a seller, what do you mean having that? that doesn't come in? <clears throat> in other words, if a house sold for 480,000 sold for 480,000 and the appraisal came in at 472. Mm -hmm. okay that the odds of finding that 8,000 is remote because that pool of appraisers, that they come in low, they don't appraise for sales value when there's just no reasonable way to appraise it there. Mm -hmm. They just can't find the adjustments to do it. And so as a listing agent, if, it appra if that appraisal comes in low, I can go to you as a seller, Chris, and say, look, it's not gonna get any better than this. So we we can negotiate with the buyer to see what we get, but it's my opinion that we're probably never going to get a better appraisal. Mm. Whereas with the other appraiser, you would actually go and say, well, this guy's from Boise. What does he know? Yeah, there's probably a chance that that's inaccurate right. and you go to battle. That so. sounded insulting, but it's he's not familiar with the market, just right. like I'm not anytime familiar with said, the Boise anytime market. Anytime he says it's not good or bad, he, that's setting up to about to slam <laughs> <laughs> Get ready, someone's going down. <laughs> Boom. It's not good or bad, it's, it's just good. horrible. Uh, okay, so appraisals just in general, I guess, backing up a little bit. For a seller, essentially, just to kind of recap what we talked about in the buyer series, the seller, they, you know, they first negotiate the price on based on a price that they and their listing agent and the buyer all think is fair, but there's still that, that loop that everybody has to jump through, which is that final value that an appraiser is going to come up right. with just to, it's checks and balances, yeah. just to make sure that that price established could be basically supported by going back on the market and yeah. being resold if the bank had to take the house. And the way I describe this too, when we're coming up with the price for a home as an agent, we're, we're basically building the target. We're, we're building it with the owner and saying, okay, this is 
this is where we think your value's at. Now, an appraiser has a purchase contract. The buyer and seller have agreed on a value. So the appraiser is now shooting at a target. They are shooting at a number. To justify that To justify it. They're justifying yeah. collateral. And so they can go and look through all the comps and see if they can find properties to justify that selling price. Yeah. And so that's the difference between a market analysis that a realtor is doing for you and saying, okay, it looks like market value should be here. The yeah. market will tell us whether we're right or wrong as mm -hmm. far as the market's concerned. Now the appraiser has to come in and validate that value. Have you ever asked an appraiser to appraise a house with no number and watch them squirm? <laughs> like it makes them it's very not, uncomfortable. It's not what they do. And, it's and, not what they do. They'll do it if they have to, but man, they yeah. hate it. They'll, and that's truly not good or bad. bad. It's just what they do. They shoot <laughs> a target. <laughs> yeah, they well, like to have a target. It's they interesting. It's just what it's yeah. what they do. And and a lot of a lot of consumers understandably think that completely invalidates the appraisal by just the whole nature of it mm. feels off to them because yeah. it's like, oh, that's a coincidence. It came in at 480, like exactly to the dollar of what we sold it for. Well, yeah, yeah. of course, because we were just asking them to justify the price. That's right. And this isn't an exact science, like you said last week. And right. and it, it it could be very easy to justify 472 and very easy to justify 492. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm an appraiser and I see that there's a there's an arm's length transaction between a seller who went on the market at a price and a buyer and they both came together and agreed on a price, that's the number one definition of the value of anything. Yeah. Because a value. buyer and a seller that have a meeting of the minds. That's right. So now the appraiser's just saying, yep, I've got other data that can support that as well. Here's your 480. Yeah. And so it doesn't invalidate it at all. But you're right. I mean, yeah, when you ask an appraiser, nope, you're going in blind. <laughs> just tell me what it's worth. They're like, well, and we it's knew. hard. Over the last you know couple of years, we knew when, oh my gosh, that's high, right? You just knew, okay, so then when, we just talked about negotiations uh, you know, a week ago, but we would involve some language at that point and say, okay, Mr. Seller, we got multiple offers. Let's see if we can get some of this appraisal difference that we might be seeing yeah. covered. Um, Let's protect you in the event that it doesn't yeah. appraise because yeah. um, the contract as it's written in the state of Idaho gives the buyer you know, there are, if the, if the house doesn't appraise and the seller doesn't want to drop it to that price, then the buyer gets to walk. Mm -hmm. And so that, that is a, a loophole, not a yeah. loophole. That's a, it's a hurdle that That's has to be overcome. Yeah. Yep. So, yep. okay. So that happens. That's, that's something that we go through on the seller side. So be aware of that. Um, does the, does the buyer go to the appraisal? Does the rarely. seller? Rarely. No, I don't think, rarely. I, yeah, I don't know that I've ever heard of that happening. So, um, what does the seller need to know anything in preparation for the appraisal appointment? If, if it's a government loan, meaning FHA or VA, yep. there, there can be property requirements, okay. peeling paint, um, handrails, okay. safety-related yep. things. So, so maybe touch it, maybe mm -hmm. do a walk through the house and make sure no, yeah. there's no, no safety violations yeah. there. Tripping crack, hazards, crack that kind of thing, yeah. Broken windows, so there are some things, yeah. So okay. for a gov if, if you're gonna make your home available for FHA or you know a veteran, mm -hmm. VA, so that a veteran can purchase the home, just understand there's going to be some property requirements yeah. because it's a, and that's, that's happening because it's what's called a high ratio loan. Yeah. A veteran may be buying, borrowing more than mm -hmm. what the house is selling for by the yeah. time they finance their funding fee in. Yeah. So um, the, the government then naturally, because they could end up owning it, they want to be sure that there's some fundamental things about the house that are okay. 
because yeah. if they get it back as the government, they don't want to have to fix it. Yeah, true. <clears throat> um, what about like as far as would you advise Chris, your seller, to get ready for the appraisal in any way? Should they be there? Should they not be there? What should the house look like? Is it is it like a showing? You know, are they that, that is so hard right because yeah. a lot of the time they're in the middle of packing this house yeah. up and so but i do i recommend hey make sure it's as clean as possible you want it to shine bake some cookies right? yeah like, yeah make sure that some, you yeah, yeah. make this guy's day have my milk and order cookies. in some yeah Jimmy leave a hundred dollar bill sandwiches. on the counter no, i'm just kidding you don't do that <laughs> no but <laughs> i mean yeah you do i mean yeah they're coming into it yeah you, mean, to you want look to be presentable the but they're i guarantee appraisers are used to seeing boxes yeah they're used to seeing pictures off the walls because at that point like you said they're the move the move is underway it is because yeah. at this point we're past the inspection generally yeah so but they are people don't have your house smelling you know yep. from leftover fish from the night before yeah I mean, have, have it. That's not good decent. or bad to the fish. <laughs> yeah, you still want the house smelling like them. That just depends on if it's good or bad to the appraiser. There we go. Yep. Yeah, so okay, it's cool. people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, and then uh, on inspections, anything we want to throw out on the, on the inspections for that? We're going kind of in reverse order here. Now we're getting earlier in the process because the inspection generally will happen in the first week to 10 days uh, after it goes under contract. So I will, I will usually ask sellers or advise them unless it's a unique situation and they have to start i tell them to just kind of hold off just just sit tight and the inspect mm -hmm. the inspection because oftentimes the buyer will come back for the inspection so it's yeah. a chance to make a second impression and so i usually tell them no don't start packing at that point this is a chance to have a second showing with the buyer and allow them to fall in love with the house again mm -hmm. while the inspector is like i mean looking Go under the hood it. yeah they yeah. really are so so maybe we should set the stage as you answer this, Chris, is that we need, so I'm the seller and I feel like I sold my home for a fair market price. Mm -hmm. I sold my home for 400,000 and that's, it felt we had good activity. We had a couple offers, felt like a fair price. You're the buyer or the buyer you're working with is now absorbing a 2% rate in, increase in interest rate recently. So they know they missed, they know they missed out on that 3%. Mm -hmm. And they paid four hundred thousand for this two hundred fifty thousand dollar house. <laughs> That's the buyer attitude, right? Yeah. That's, so I'm just setting the stage. Yeah. So now, talk to me about the inspection well, and as I think, a seller. You know. That's the nature of the market right now, I guess. You know, we just came out of a situation where sellers didn't feel like they needed to do anything. It was so competitive; they had multiple offers. Mm -hmm. Now we're kind of receding back. And if I go back, every consult that I go through with sellers, we talk about this process, and I always let them know: just expect something to come back. Yeah. Right. If you prepare the budget for it. Yeah. It's it's you know, and I'll always throw out at least one percent. Just know that that inspector's coming through here and they're gonna pick it apart. If it's been lived in, they're gonna find something. And so f let's figure out something that you feel is reasonable in your mind mm -hmm. because there are three parts to this, pro three negotiations that we're gonna have to go through. Most most sellers are going into this thinking that the, fir the, yeah. the first negotiation is the last one. Yeah. And if that's their mindset, well then we're in a real pickle, <laughs> right? In that right. situation you talked well, about. And I remind owners too, an inspection report must have no idea how long is it, how many pages. Those inspection reports are between 80 and 100 pages long. Absolutely. I mean, holy mackerel. It's a detail in a 80 to 100 page inspection report, right? Wow. As a seller, the other thing, you know, and I just went through this. So, you know, we were seeing you know, inspections happening and nothing being asked or different negotiation tactics. We're seeing a lot more inspections happening now and then asks coming back. Yeah. And so um, if, if we get to that point where they've said to us, 
here's a list of the items that we'd like addressed and here's the inspection that calls it all out well as a seller you if we don't decide at that point that we want to negotiate through this process we very well might have some disclosure issues going back into putting it back oh, on the market you might have to tell the right next buyer so, what yeah you, exactly oh. so i mean that those are some things to consider as you're going through that process it's yeah. it, it's in your best interest to try and figure it out now at that at the same time a buyer needs to be reasonable yeah. you know they don't need to be trying to remodel their house <laughs> they, this isn't uh, it, it not like new it's not know, like a brand new car no, built. it's not like a brand new car built in a factory with uh, with all the quality control yeah, unless it's a new construction home then it should be pretty much pristine but yeah yep. so it's good advice um, how long does inspections generally take three to four hours just depending okay. on the size of the home should the seller be there at the house for the inspection no no that's hard. Nope. Then they get, so they got to leave for three to four hours, find something to do, and let somebody go in, and then wait with bated breath until they hear from the buyer. Yep. About is there anything to fix or not? Which usually that's hard. How long does it take to hear back from them uh, after the inspection takes place? It's usually a couple days. Yeah, it really usually is. Usually, it's two. I mean, maybe, they want to know that night three days. for mm -hmm. sure, but that's because the buyer now they get the inspection report back. There's 80 to 100 pages. They thought it was a great inspection. Well, and that's sometimes the day before they even get the report. You got the, the inspection oh, yeah. that happens, but the report doesn't get handed well, to them on the way out the door. No, no. And in fact, they, and they get done, and the buyer thinks, wow, that was a good inspection. And they go home, and then the next day the report shows up. There's 80 to 100 pages of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And suddenly, yeah. oh, this inspection report wasn't as good as I thought it was. And now they have to adjust. And how much will this cost? How much will that cost? And yeah. all those decisions are going into coming up with what they're going to ask the owner to take care of. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's quite a process. It There's more. Yeah. I, I would tell you that the, my, my belief today is that the inspection negotiation is far more challenging than the purchase negotiation. Yeah. The contract itself, it's mm -hmm. way more stressful for both the buyer and the seller and the yeah. agents, frankly, as well. Yeah. One of the best things that my clients have done when we've gone to sell houses, and, and I love it when they're agreeable, and it costs money, but it's a pre-listing inspection. Yes. So you can pay an inspector to come through there with a fine-tooth comb before it ever goes to market. So then they have an idea. Mm -hmm. Hey, these are the things we can address. These are some things we can attack, but they're not shocked when they see another inspection come through. Right. And you know they, yeah. they kind of know what's coming. They so. do. Yeah. All right, we have just a couple minutes. Let's let's offer just two or three things to be aware of as you get down to the closing. You know, that we talked about on the buyer series, we defined what that closing means and where it's the th you know the two or three or four steps in that those final hours leading up to the key exchange. So, if if you're a seller, what are some things that you need to be aware of in those last 48 hours? One is everything's going to take longer than you thought it would. Right. Yeah. So don't plan so, on moving out Friday boy, morning and then going boy, to the title boy, company boy. at 10 to yeah. 9. And also keep in mind, you're closing, so let's say that your closing date is Friday. And today is, I mean, your closing date is going to be on Friday. Yeah. You really, for all purposes, need to be planned, plan to be done no later than Thursday by around lunchtime. Yeah. Give yourself a little time for the things you didn't do and gives them time to come do a walkthrough. Yeah, they because the buyers have to do a walkthrough and they want to do a walkthrough after the seller's out. Yeah. And they want to see how the sellers leave. And that, the house. that can create a challenge for a seller because if they're if they're selling and buying at the same time, they haven't closed on their new house yet. No. So you're asking them to be out a day early oh on their old house with nowhere to go. 
So that's always one where you really need a professional to help navigate that situation. Because yeah. there are some solutions yeah. that, that oftentimes, you know, with the right advice and the right yeah. counsel, you can find some solutions for that. But, but don't just make the assumption as a seller that you can start moving stuff into the garage or into the house. Well, I have to be out of my house, so where, where else would I go? Well, that's not really your yeah. sell, the seller of the house you're buying. That's, that's right. not really their concern, uh, you know, unless we pre-negotiated yeah. that and made arrangements. Often sellers will ask me, well, how should I leave the house? Yeah. And I think every agent has a different answer to that question. Um, so one is, one thing is that with a purchase contract, it says that the walkthrough is for purposes of making sure the house is in at least the same condition as when you saw it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if the house was not clean, we'll just say the house was not clean at the time it went under contract, odds are when it gets to closing, it's going to also be not clean. Mm -hmm. But buyers may not think that because the buyer is thinking along terms of the seller's going to leave this in condition that I can move in and not have to spend a bunch of time <laughs> cleaning it up. This is a huge source of, this is a huge oh, yeah. source. And so what I, what I've told yeah. many sellers when they asked me the that. Oven? Well, the same people that didn't for the last nine years yeah. that you saw <laughs> when you looked at the house. Yeah, I remember that was this, in there. When we this sounds like <laughs> yeah. that, but my conversation with the seller will always be, look, the way I would recommend to you is view it from the standpoint that you're actually renting your house and that you've got a $2,500 deposit sitting out here on your house and you're trying to get it to where you get your deposit back. That's good advice. Yeah, that's great advice. So leave the house like you're trying to get your deposit back well, it's and the way you'd like to receive it the house. It can very quickly turn into a $2,500 expense for them if the buyer if the buyer isn't happy. And you're right, it's not a contingency of the sale. Mm -hmm. But if that buyer is not happy, oh, I remember one time you were out of town and I went and did a walkthrough for you over in Waterford. Oh, I remember and, that. And the, you, you represented, I don't remember, I think you represented both buyer and the seller mm -hmm. and I walked through it with the buyers. Sellers had left it better than it had been in eight or nine years. And you even told me that on your phone. You're like, because we did a walkthrough, and you're like, that's the best I've ever seen that house. But the buyers were not happy. So we had all of a sudden a not a meeting of the minds. And so then it just became a matter of, well, how do we solve this problem mm -hmm. now? So we all close. And everybody pitched in. Buyers gave up a little bit. Seller ended up helping and paying for some last minute professional cleaning and professional carpet cleaning. You chipped in. and. And so it really can come down to them writing a check if it's not if it doesn't yeah. go smoothly. Yeah. So <laughs> you did that to me too. What, what is, did I do that? We, yeah. Anytime he's got a walk through, he doesn't yeah, think he's going to play. Here. He books the <laughs> flight real quick. He's like, I, I'm not going to be in town for that. I'll, I'll, see. I'll see you later. You, yeah. This should go easy, Chris. <laughs> should be a piece of cake. Uh, Brian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I it's great advice. And, that is and good advice. To be aware of, like, you move an entertainment center. There's going to Oh boy! Should be paint behind that <laughs> entertainment center. You you pull pictures down. You know, oh, it's better than that. It's not it's, covered it's, a hole. It's two carpets ago oh, under yeah. the entertainment center because when we recarpeted That's back right. to our last yeah. week's yeah. conversation, ah, we didn't really want to lift that. Yeah, let's not just, move that. Just tack strip around. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't any carpet underneath that one. That was so fun. Put up the picture oh, of that on this episode. We're laughing classic. about this. There's some classic stuff. The walkthrough yep. is an exciting yep. time. We'll just tell you, it's yep. an exciting time at times. We All right, like so they're it out. The walkthrough's gone smoothly. They moved out. You know, they got out the night before just as planned. It's Friday morning, it's 10 o'clock, they've got their appointment, they go to the title company, what do they expect? What do they need to have with them? They need to take a driver's license because yep, they're signing ID, notary ID. documents. So yep. they need to take any any spouses they might have or partners that are on, yep. on title. Anybody on there. And then driver's licenses, what, how long will that appointment generally take for a seller? 
30 Sellers, minutes. Yeah. 30 not, minutes. Not long. Yeah. It, 30 you know, when people talk about the long closing process, that's when you're getting a loan on the buyer side. You know, yeah. that can be yeah. a stack that's that thick. Sellers, you know, it's it's it can be as fast as 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So not not a ton of time. And then how fast can they expect a deposit in their account for any equity that they might have after everything's paid off? Usually by the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, most that's, of the time it is, yeah. yeah. Most the of the time. records. So they're that. not going to walk away. Just like the buyer isn't walking away from that experience with keys, the seller isn't walking away from that with checks because right. things have to happen after right. they sign. And it's two to three hours for all of the money to move behind the scenes and the title company to record the transaction at the county, which transfers ownership. At that point, the buyers get the call that, hey, you can come get your keys or we'll bring you the keys. And the sellers get the call that we are on the way depositing your check in the bank or we're yep. wiring, in the, wiring the funds. Yep. So, Okay, yep. anything else? No. All right, you guys. Fun stuff. Good advice. I would buy a house from you guys if I, I would hire you guys. I have <laughs> used both of you guys. That's true. So that's right. true. Well, Great you. experiences. I guess yeah. I owe you yeah. one. Thank you. I'll buy my next one for you. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us for the seller series. Appreciate your support for Anderson Hicks, and uh, we will we'll be back with a new series here in the next week or two. Thanks. Bye.